0: The New York media has gotten soft, including you, Paul. (laughs) I don't need any kind
1: of crap from you.
2: Take a lap defense. Take a lap special teams. Who cares? No. It doesn't matter. It sure does. It doesn't. Paul, do you know what drip is? Do
1: we have to explain?
2: No, I'm going to let you wear the clown
1: makeup. Removing goalposts? How stupid is that? No drunkenness. The answer to the question. fine. We move on. Shoot your shot.
0: Shoot him, shoot. The kicker. You hear how he says the kicker. Like he's a subset from the team. Do I send you journalists? Some lessons on Twitter. We got a lot of angry I, people on this podcast. Yeah. Glennon. That ball was tipped into the air, and the ball hawking cowboys have another pick. This is Jordan Lewis. Uh I thought the effort of the team was what we needed
1: out, but obviously the execution was not.
0: Back to the ground in Barkley. And that ball came out loose.
1: And it's got punched out. I gotta go back and watch my ball security.
0: Let's see if six foot-7 Mike Lennon can surge ahead. This front comes up with the stop on fourth and short. Kind of dumb decisions on my end, uh, you know, forcing
1: the ball that were not good decisions.
0: Lennon taking a deep shot. Sterling Shepard off target throw, picked off by Malik Hooker.
1: The focus and the goal going forward, same as always is. We got a game seven days from now. We got to come back in, prepare, be a better team than we were today to have success next week.
2: Welcome back to Blue Rusher Giants podcast from the New York Post, that montage you just heard, courtesy of Fox. Barkley, Glennon, and Judge in a Giants loss once again to the Cowboys as they fall to four and ten on the season. We'll be joined later in the show by a former Giant. He does a great job on the post game show. That would be Brandon. London but first let's welcome in your host of Blue Ars that would be two-time Super Bowl champion kicker Lawrence Tynes and his co hosts Giants beat writer for the post Paul Schwartz Lawrence I hope you enjoyed a medium Pepsi diet Pepsi whatever you prefer when you took in that L on Sunday another giant loss and I think we've all about seen enough of Mike Glenn and are ready to move on to Jake Fromm for the last couple of
0: Yeah, what the hell was that? Between the medium Pepsi and the game, what the hell was that, Paul? Embarrassing. It's disgusting. It's reached all-time levels, ruined my entire day. I don't know why I keep letting it ruin my day, but man, it just keeps getting worse. It's a sign of bad, bad coaching.
1: Well, look, I've been saying for years and years and years for anyone who would listen that I prefer Diet Coke to Diet Pepsi. Okay, and sometimes in restaurants when they say, "Can I get a diet?" when I say, "Can I get a Diet Coke?" and they say, "No, we have Pepsi." Sometimes they say, "You know what? I'll just take a um, iced tea then." Okay, because I don't want a Diet Pepsi now. But if they're going to give it to me for free, like the Giants so nicely did. I think I will take it as opposed to nothing. Look, the Pepsi is funny.
2: A medium, not a large. Make sure you don't oversize the ball. Just Me, just a medium. Yeah,
1: medium is, is fine. Um it, it there's so many issues. You know, the Pepsi, Mike Lennon, even Mike Lennon, you know, you Mike Lennon is like a blip on the radar screen that will you know, he's like a shooting star that that it's like shh, right down into the, into the desert and he'll be gone. And, you know, we won't have to think about Mike Glennon anymore. And it's almost silly to even discuss Mike Glennon, even though he has started three games because, you know, he's Mike Glennon. He's a backup. He's a, he's a losing quarterback in the NFL. I'm surprised how bad he is actually. You know, I thought he was a more competent backup quarterback, but you know, I, I, I thought it was enough. I thought he should have been benched earlier in that game, you know, and, 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 you know, benching backup quarterbacks and when's the right time is, you know, you know, it's a bad part of the season when you're talking about that stuff. But, um, you know, once Joe Judge said Jake came in, played fine, and, um, you know, it'll open up discussion for this week, that tells you that he will start in Philadelphia. And, okay, you will see how he does in Philadelphia, and they probably he probably won't do great. And, uh, you know, we move on.
0: Why Why do you say that? Why do you say that, Paul? What do you mean he won't do great? It's Jake Fromm. Absolute legend. He's a legend already. He looks solid out there. He, for, he was like six or six at the well, start. Can I just say something from a player's perspective? So Jake Fromm is a winner, okay, and and not that he should have started over Glennon uh, Sunday. I get that he he didn't really know the offense, but if you think about what Mike Glennon is, you just talked about it, Paul. He is a career backup that had a successful start to his career. You could say in Tampa, I was with him in Tampa before I left, and he started I think about thirteen games that year, and he had all the t- intangibles, good player coming out of NC State. He has built up a full closet of ghosts, right? He he. There's throws he knows he can't make. There's plays he knows he can't make in this league. Jake Fromm has none of that. So when Jake Fromm goes out there and plays, he plays, and I'm not saying this is Georgia or Alabama, but Jake Fromm has a little bit of a moxie to him, a presence in the huddle. Like He's not afraid of anything. He beat out two first-rounders at Georgia. Is he going to be the end-all, be-all? I don't know. But I know for the next three weeks, you need to see what this kid can do because he's going to go out there and play like he's always played, and that's with great confidence and, and a winning attitude. Whether he wins or not, I don't know. But that's why he's a better solution moving forward, obviously. We don't want to see Glennon again. But I think there's – if you can have some success early, and I get he was playing against a, a basic defense at the end of the, the game last night, but he this kid – Let's see what he's got. I mean, at the very least, you have a very, you know, a competent backup. Uh, You don't have to pay a lot of money to. And maybe he pushes Daniel. Who knows what can happen in this league? But I do think he's the guy for the next three games for certain, barring injury and barring if Daniel Jones is ready to play.
1: Yeah, hopefully he's not the guy for the next three games because um you know this is all just kind of, you know. But does that
0: make team. sense about where his head space is? He doesn't yeah, have any I, any look, skeletons in his closet from this from this league.
1: Well, look and, and that was the problem 2 3 weeks ago where you know you heard people saying just put him in there, just put him in. There. You can't just put a guy in there who doesn't know the offense. He's a really smart guy, but he just didn't know. You can't it's not fair. He knows the offense enough now, and it. This is really addition by subtraction. You know, Mike Glennon did some really dumb things. I mean, the throw into the end zone with uh, Trayvon Diggs sitting there is is a, is is a bad throw and a stupid throw because that that's the best interceptor in the league. Kenny Galladay's not open. Kenny Galladay m- made one of the Best defensive plays you tried, you know, you could see all season by trying to knock the ball out. So once Joe Judge saw that, we know the limitations of this quarterback. Once he was doing things that were flustered and dumb, okay, next. So, but yeah, you you have to you have to see someone else. He gets the ball out. He's a smart guy. He was the number four quarterback in Buffalo, and and you know the league was you know anyone could have signed him for nothing, and they didn't until the Giants needed him. So. We'll see. Can he be worse than Mike Lennon? Not results-wise, you know, He, he not results-wise, you know, Mike oh, Lennon oh, loses. Kurt and, and Warner, and Kurt Warner was
0: stocking shelves at one point, too. Don't judge where he was, right? Because we've all seen in this league, a guy from the practice squad come up and do, maybe not so much at the quarterback position, but it's the, here's the thing, maybe we're so desperate and I'm so desperate as fans that I'm hanging my hat on this kid. Because he's new and he has no warts yet.
1: Of all the unwashable things the Giants have done this year, with Daniel Jones, as a matter of fact, a lot of times on offense, this gives you no chance to win with Mike Glennon. Uh, we've seen it. It's enough. You know, it, it, it serves no purpose playing him out there. I don't think his teammates have any confidence in, in him anymore. You know, I, I think in the beginning, you know, he's a good guy. You know, they don't dislike him. But you see the body language on guys like Goloday and Darius Slayton. You know, it's not good. They know he can't get the ball to them. It was Slayton, Shepherd before he got hurt. We'll talk about that. And Galladay, I think, had one target or something like that going into the fourth quarter. So, you know, that is an untenable situation. So we've already spent too much time on Mike Lennon, really, because it's... it's
0: For a guy we were, we started the show off saying we're not going to talk about.
1: Yeah, well, God bless that's Mike quarterbacks. Glennon. You've been in the league, Lawrence. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. The great Dave Anderson, the columnist for the New York Times, who covered the Jets, covered the Giants, was a real football and boxing guy. You know, his big thing always was, you know, when when a columnist, you don't know what to write, he would always say, when in doubt, write Namath, which was basically saying, when in doubt, write the quarterback. You can never go wrong writing the quarterback.
2: Here's why we're talking about it. This is fan appreciation day, and you're going to put that garbage out there. You're going to start Mike Lennon. You're going to say, we appreciate you, fans. We're going to start Mike Lennon, who's not even a good backup quarterback. We're going to not give you a bottle of tequila. We're going to give you a medium soda, not a Coke, but a Pepsi. And then you're going to look at the stadium and say, oh, no wonder why there's all these Dallas fans here. You do not appreciate the fans, so don't act like you do by giving them a goddamn soda. Give them a drink. Give them something to eat. Give them something to stomach this garbage that you put out there. Jake Fromm should have been in that game to start the second half. You put Mike Lennon starting that game. Okay, that's a mistake. Put Jake Fromm in. Make up for your mistake that you did. That is a disgrace, and the fans should be refunded for yesterday. I'm sick of them, the sideshows. You know what? Wrong. Your halftime wrong, thing. to hand, Eli, wrong, fine. But giving wrong, a soda wrong, and Mike Glennon, wrong, no, I'm not wrong. wrong You're wrong, wrong Paul. Wrong, I'm right. The wrong, fans are mad. Wrong, You're wrong, wrong
1: on this one. Wrong, wrong. 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 You are wrong. Yes, I'm right. You're wrong. I love I the I, passion. How right do you there. get that? How do you get that? Look, they gave the fans free soda. It's a silly little thing. It doesn't mean anything. It's a chess thing to, to do. That's chess. First of all. Do you know that they're not doing anything else in the last home game? Have you researched that to know they're no, not No, they're doing anything they're giving out those
0: night those sleeping night masks, I said. I no. tweeted they're, it. they're, they're this week.
1: doing more. This was they gave a free soda. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's a nice thing that they did. It makes a lot of people say silly things and mock them cuz they gave a medium soda. It's bad football. The football is what's important. And the football is terrible. And I agree with you. He should have been in the game sooner. After the second interception, enough, enough. You know, they waited one too long. They wouldn't have won the game. Jake, I've been doing this with you for how many years? What free sodas have you given us? You don't appreciate the, the podcast. How about giving us some free sodas? I'll give
2: things? you all large. I'll give you two liters. I won't give, give me you the ramen meal. noodles. Give me the ramens. I'll give you ramen. Rob- <laughs> i'll give you a ramen noodle and a two liter diet coke because i know you like diet coke and i do too i guess soda riles me up sorry i love soda paul i will agree with you to your point
0: if this team was 10 and 4 now i I still think because it's new york they would have brought up the soda right but to your it is the football
1: it is And, and and this is what happens jake you're right you see what happens you're angry you're and and look fans should be angry I think they should even not even show up. That's how bad the football is. This is what happens when a team loses for this many years. You talk about Soda. Lawrence talks about Glennon too much. I talk about something else that makes no sense. No, we all— And I'm wearing ramen noodle hoodies, so yes, we all all it up. It, it messes everybody up, and it's, it's not—look, your team can't win every year. We get that. This isn't enough with the Giants now. I agree with you. They put a team on the field that you know can't win. You know can't win, and it's just – how bad is it going to be? Are they going to score a touchdown? I mean, it, it's – you know, this season cannot end soon enough. I'd love to see they Daniel Jones stink. back in there. you know. But their defense didn't stink. Their defense I, I, sorry yes. not I, I feel like you know when
0: you? we say they stink, I'll take – the defense gives a spirited effort. They've had a couple no-shows this year, but that's expected in the NFL. The, the defense gave a, enough of an effort yesterday – zoe carter played well a lot of guys played well the back leonard
1: williams leonard, leonard williams, williams with, who was done
0: them. for the season that's called toughness but the offense my god is it bad what and booker for some reason he can't you know ever since I, I would venture to say that the the giants played their best football over a three-game stretch you may agree or disagree with me it was carolina chiefs raiders you agree that's their best three-game stretch this season yes You know who the starting running back was? Tiki Barber. Yeah, close. Booker. There's something to his game that suits this offensive line. The way he hits the hole, he doesn't dance. He had two big chunk plays yesterday. There's something to his game that this offensive line suits because he's had a lot of big gainers. I think he should be RB1, and I think 26, to get his head space cleared, needs to be maybe the third down back. It's, um, if at all,
1: you know, you know, the, I don't disagree with you with Booker, but I think it's more what Saquon isn't doing. You know, Devontae Booker to me is a, he's an NFL running back. You know, he definitely is, but he's not a starting NFL running back, but he looks better than Saquon right now, which is more an indictment of Saquon. The fumble, it's his first fumble of his career. DeMarcus Lawrence, you know, take, takes a swing at the ball. Good play by defense, but you know, Saquon is his head is spinning. You know, now he reaches back and makes an unbelievable catch, right? For a, you know, one or two yard game, special play. But yeah, it, that's one of the most troubling things about this season is he has come back. Then he had the ankle, which was bad, but he's healthy now and his, his head space doesn't look right at all. On 2022, what is he? Is he on the team? Is he a good one? He's just a back? guy though. He's just a right guy. Now, right now, he's just a guy. and yeah. And that's-
0: Who they're going to overpay next year because he did they, they did pick up the fifth year option but that's that is what it is. Hopefully he finds it.
1: maybe the second year back from the ACL he's stronger but um I, you know I want to come back to Leonard Williams for a second. did that re- does that resonate in a locker room? you know you know Leonard Williams said a very interesting thing when he said most players or a lot of players he said would not have played and he said a lot of players agents would tell them don't play. you don't need to play does that resonate when he says I wanted to play? Because I don't want to leave my teammates hanging out there. You know, he's never missed a game in his career, which is commendable.
0: Oh, absolutely it does. But if you if you understand what kind of character guys are on that side of the football, we see it every Sunday. Leonard Williams types, the guys that will play hurt. That's what you have to do. All the years I played, we've talked about a mod on this show and all the other guys, the Sneeze, the Richie Soyberts. I mean, you go down the list, the Justin Tucks, the Osies. I mean, these guys played with something most of the year. I just feel like offensively, and I can't, you know, there's a lot of soft tissue, and we'll talk about Sterling here in a second, but I do know this for a fact, and I will defend Kadarius on this. I've heard the oblique strain is one of the top, two or three worst things you can have that's not a broken bone or ligament, especially for a receiver. So uh, Kadarius Toney basically has a lost rookie season if you really think about it, unless he can get in here for the next two or three games. But the one that hurts, you know, obviously from a fan's perspective is Sterling Shepard going down late in the game with
1: an Achilles. I mean, everyone... Yeah, what do you make of that, considering he's had calf and quad? I mean, it's oh, just, uh, I, you know, kind of...
0: Listen, at some point, there's, there's a couple ways you leave the league, right? Your, your your body fails you or your age catches up. I mean, his body is just failing him for whatever reason, and he's a young man. I don't even know if he's 30 yet, is he? No, 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 no. So, I mean, that's a scary deal. I would never bet against a Sterling Shepard to come back. Um, obviously, there's some ramifications cap wise and money wise, where maybe you do something with them, but he exudes everything you want a New York giant to be. And I hope for his sake and his, he started his career there. He's a great guy, great teammate. He just needs to get his body right. And so maybe, maybe all the different rehabs he had, I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe he just, you know, cause sometimes you can focus so much on one side of your body and they always say do both. Of course you never do, right? It's just because it takes more time, but I hope he I mean, obviously he's gonna be a you know eight to twelve month injury for him. And I would like to see him back as a giant, maybe at a lower cap, because I really do like he deserves to see some improvement in this organization because he's been here through a lot
1: of crap. Look, they, they drafted a guy to replace him, you know. Kadarius Tony's best spot is the slot. Sterling Shepherd's best spot is the slot. So if they're healthy. They've already told Sterling you're being marginalized somewhat in this offense. You know what I mean? They, they just did. They had Galladay on the outside. They wanted Darius Slayton on the outside. Did they Gallaudet. tell
0: everyone else they were being marginalized in this offense too? Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. It is a long list of guys who've been marginalized in this offense. Um, so, and, and you know, I, something else. I, I was, you know, we talk often, Lawrence, and and you know, you can't relate to this because you have never been on a team which was so out of it and so bad. Have you ever been on a field with the Chiefs or the Giants where you felt it was a home disadvantage?
0: Never, never.
1: What about some of those? I mean, you weren't in the playoffs every year. Um, Was there ever a time where the Eagles or Washington or Cowboy fans, you felt their presence at your home stadium?
0: I can think of maybe that Matt Dodge game, the punt. I feel like that was a lot of Philly fans maybe. When Deshaun took it back, maybe, and I'm just, I, 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 but nothing stands out. I I just have never, like I said when we talked, I I put myself in these players' shoes, but I can't, and I don't say that to be condescending or look at me. It's It's a fact. It's it's, It's a fact. fact. I have no idea, in all my years of pro football, what they're going through what that feels like. I just can't, I can't imagine, to be honest with you. It,
1: it's it's humiliating, right, on off It is. To it's humiliating. Point, Jake, with the outrage, the Giants ownership, I don't like to say the word hates, but they greatly dislike, Giants ownership strongly dislikes Jerry Jones. There's no question about it. And, you know, I'm in the press box yesterday and after the game, about an hour after the game, you hear this commotion. We're all trying to write. We're all trying to make sense of this nonsense, right? And you hear this commotion and loud and, and it looks like a like a traveling party. And I kind of look up and I, I walk up the stairs to see what's going on. It's Jerry Jones and his very large entourage having a great time. That's how they walk into the press, co- the press um, box also. Entourage, you know, they have a huge amount of people. It's that the, the Dallas invasion and Boy the Giants hate that and 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 they came into their house they took off their shoes they they sat on the furniture I mean it, it's I said it's, it's 60, embarrassing. 40
2: what do you think it was 6040 in terms of Cowboys
1: you know we F- we F- we were trying to figure that I think Jake if you list if you if you you know counted every person there would still have been 51% Giants fans I think there was slightly more but think of it if you have six fans and you have four fans and the four fans are having a great time and winning they're going to sound much louder so in the fourth quarter it was probably 70 30 dallas fans and there was no vocalization from the giants fans so it was you know it it was it was remarkable i've seen it before you know this was pretty bad i've seen it before and uh, look the cowboys didn't even play a dynamic or a great game you know what i mean it was not a lot to cheer about but
0: we we have to give credit though again we talked about that defense did a job yesterday with a a bunch of men down, and we got to give them a lot of credit. They played really hard. I mean, they really did. So to say they didn't play well, that was partly because of the Giants' defense. They got after Dak. You know, it was probably the best pass rush I saw all year against some backup left tackles. Longest um,
1: pass reception was 19 yards. You know, that's the Cowboys, a hell of a day, man. The Cowboys have won three in a row, and their offense is not playing well. That's a, you know, second,
0: a lot of- Second highest scoring offense
1: in the league. Yes, and, but, they, they, you know, Dak, you know, there's a lot of talking, you know, what's wrong with Dak? The offense is not there. You know, Mari Cooper had –
0: That team this- makes no push in the playoffs, and they're going to make no run. They're going to be a one and none. I think offensively they're just not – I think Dak gets a little too chaotic with the football. He makes some bad decisions. Their defense doesn't scare anybody. I mean, look what the Frominator did. Came in and just dialed him up for 90 yards and two minutes of work. Then he went and killed six deer and went back to the house. <laughs> a long day's work for Jake Fromm. Fromm well, wears a nice vest too. He looks good in a nice vest.
2: The,
1: the, the flannel flannels. I, I don't. I'm trying to think of the last Giants quarterback who wore a, a, a black and white, you know, plaid uh, flannel shirt. Kerry uh, Collins a hunting is it vest. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins used to hunt. Yeah, Kerry Collins def, definitely hunted. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, he, Kerry Collins could have worn that. Yeah, no question about it.
2: All right. I hope you enjoyed your your free soda on your way out. Joining us next on Blue Rush is Brandon London.
3: What's up, Giants fans? The Super Bowl champion receiver, Brandon London. You are listening to Blue Rush
2: all joining us now blue rush is a Giants super bowl 42 champion wide receiver he's the greatest member of the giants in practice squad history he was a teammate of lawrence tines he was also a receiver in the cfl for four years with the montreal Alouettes. lawrence i believe you are in the cfl as well so we have a couple of cflers a couple of giants he's now the giants post game host on msg network you see him with the likes of Amani tumor Madeline Burke and the whole gang. Let's welcome in now a big Chelsea fan as well, the pride of Richmond, Virginia, and an alum of the zoo, UMass,
3: Brandon London. Welcome to the show. I, I love, love this. You know what? They, they told us not to call it the zoo anymore. They said they wanted to clean up the image of UMass. Oh, and, come so on. We call it UMass, so. But it's still the zoo to me. So what's going on, y'all? Thanks for having me on. Hey, you yeah.
0: left out one thing. He was a uh, this guy's a model too. Now he was. I remember the guys in the locker room used to always find all his modeling pics and post them. You know, wouldn't we post them on the board over there to
3: over to whatever the hell that was called? Oh, Toomer used to mess with me all yeah. the time. Like, like this guy's a model. Like, and then uh, it's funny because the first time I got the when I got the Giants gig for TV and I saw Eli and he was like, be London. You still out there modeling? Like eight years, that's the first thing you ask me, so... You know, you got to take advantage of that New York City life.
2: So are you bougie, Brandon? Do you drink with your pinky out? Do you, you know, take a lot of thirst traps walking around? Like, what's your lifestyle like?
3: No, B. London is a man of the people. Like, I, I got over that bougie stage when I played with the Dolphins, you know, being down in South Beach and everything was about image and all. And then, you know, you get released from the Dolphins and the promoters and everyone. that No one's hitting you up like that anymore. Once you've been humbled, it's like you never want to go back. To trying to live up to some certain image, so I just, you know, I'm, I'm just as, I'm grateful to be as humble as ever now.
1: Brandon, you're um uh, good to hear you as a, um you know, you told yourself, a, you know, one of the best practice squatters and all this other stuff. You know, I remember you playing. And when you saw you on the practice field, I said, man, that guy's tall. You know, that guy looks the part. You know, there's another tall receiver on the Giants, Kenny Galladay. You you know, you played the position. Fans say, just throw the ball up to him. You know, Mike Glennon tried to do that. Galladay was matched against Micah Parsons and, Gall- you know, uh, you know the, the ball hits the linebacker in the back. As a tall receiver, what do you see from Galladay? The Giants shelled out a lot of money for him, can they just throw it up to him so he can get it?
3: Yeah, you you could throw it, You throw want to throw it up there, but you want to give him a chance. You know, it's hard to go over someone's back like that. And if you see, if you're you watching the play, that's a back shoulder ball. Michael Parsons was in panic mode and just trying to run to cut him off from getting to the end zone. So that's something, you know, you don't know how much Glennon and, and Galladay were able to practice that or how much time they've gotten together. But that's something you would love to see a, a back shoulder ball thrown on. You know, when you're thinking about throwing it up to a guy like Kenny Galladay, you, one, want to give him a chance, and two, you always want to see him go up to, and catch it at his highest point. But, you know, it's it's just been unfortunate for them in terms of connecting with him on the deep ball, but everything's been unfortunate this year.
0: All of it. Hey, Brandon's kind of downplaying the the practice squad aspect because he was a... Big part of us winning, I mean, listen, he's Randy Moss during the week. Size, speed, I mean, that's invaluable. So don't downplay, you know, you are the greatest practice squad player of all time. I was going to ask you about covering this team. And I know you kind of do more of a fun side of everything, and you've been doing this for a while. Is it getting harder and harder to come up with
3: stuff? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, it's it's getting harder and harder. And also, it's getting mentally taxing because – if you think about it, you know, LT, like these, these guys, they come in. It's not like in, in, it's not like Paul, it's not like I'm going to cover them. You know, like, like you do when you, and Steve does, when they come in, it's I'm in house media. So it's always trying to, it's always trying to make the image of not only the player, but the organization look as best as possible. But then again, at the same time, you got fans out there who see through the BS, and they're like, "Oh, you're just saying that because you you they they cut you a check. Oh, you're just saying it because you know you you got a Super Bowl ring with them." And it's like you're trying to be partial on certain things, but it's you need some sort of good, you know. And me and Paul Dettino, when we do uh, our our segment on the post game live, we sit in the press box, we watch the entire game, and around the fourth quarter, we're like, "All right, what three things are we gonna hit on?" And after watching a game like yesterday, it's like. It's a negative, it's a negative, it's a negative, but we're like, we have to find some sort of positive. All right, let's give the defense a shout out because the defense played well rather than, uh, you know, if they didn't have short fields, you know, that's the only time Dallas scored. So you wanted to point something like that out. One thing I learned in the NFL broadcast boot camp: critique the performance, not the performer, but it's, it's getting harder and harder, you know, to try and walk that line and at the same time be objective.
2: Yeah, when Mike Lennon's throwing folly floaters into the end zone, it's it's hard to not hate a little bit. Uh, B London, did you enjoy your free
3: soda? Did they give you a straw? Did you did you have? Did you go with Pepsi or Diet Pepsi or something? Else? Nah, man, I'm in the press box, man. I, I, they had they had sandwiches in the press box yesterday, which was kind of fancy. You know, here's the thing: when it comes to that as well, I do the fan caves. I'm in these people's houses in their fan caves. I've been to Germany. I've been to Flimby, UK. I've been all over the world for Giants fan caves. And you see the history from Giants football that's passed down from generation to generation. And you see, I remember, and, and it hit me when I saw that, when I saw that go out, I remember this guy, we did a fan cave. This guy, he was talking about how his grandfather got a, a typed, like typewriter letter from Wellington Mara thanking him for being I don't know a season ticket holder or thanking him for being a giant supporter or whatever he's got that shrine in his fan cave it's like is the new generation are they gonna put up a free Pepsi the you know in their new fan cave and all it's and it's not knocking the organization because you talk to players you talk to fans from way, you know who've been following this team for a long time and it's like we're all we're, we're all frustrated we are all frustrated because as when you fall in love with a team or an organization, you expect, especially a team like the giants organization, like the giants, you expect, you, you never expect to hit ground zero. And for the last 10 years, that's kind of where it's been at other than that one year. So you pray, you, you hope for a turnaround. You can't wait for a turnaround. You know, better days are coming, but, you you can't get mad at the fans for being frustrated.
1: No, there's no there's no question. You know, I, I remember seeing you in the locker room, and right, you're doing a fun thing, and it's just human nature, Brandon. Right, because the locker room's quiet. They're coming off a loss. This guy's hurt, and you need to liven things up. And it, it, it it's it's almost inappropriate times, right? But you got to do it. You're in house media. You got to do a you know five funny things with this guy. You do a little quiz with this guy, and meanwhile you know, we're in there too, you know, when we used to be in the locker room, hopefully we'll be back at some point and everyone is just down and depressed. You know, it's bad. It, it It's a bad, it's a bad scene. And, you know, people like you try to lift it up. People like me, a lot of people say, try to tear it down. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the case. It's just, you just report on what it is. Do you see any signs? What signs do you see? If someone said, look, you got to give us some positive signs here. Uh, what two or three positive signs are there that
3: 2022 20, could be better? Defense, defense, defense defense we've been in almost every game look at the Kansas City game defense kept us in it so I've always been a fan it, the the Miami game if other than that the, the last drive of Miami converted those two key third downs defense kept us in the game you know like when you're looking at it so I, I'm going I'm, I'm going with the defense on this one man they've never you've never seen them hold their heads you've always seen them be accountable to each other from wild, you know, wild dogs with the D line, big cat and those guys to the secondary. And I'm if I'm going to take a positive out of something, I'm going to go with the defense because I, I feel like if you get the defense and offense that can put up points and make it a little bit easier on them so they don't have to play a perfect second half, then, you know, we're, we're looking at something.
1: Yeah, you know, you, th- you, th- you think you think of it? Have the Giants ever this season in the fourth quarter on defense been able to pin their ears back and go after the quarterback because you're up by two touchdowns? Never, never. That's just not the way it is, right? And it's just you you can't play defense that way. You know they gave up twenty points to the Chiefs. They gave up twenty points to the Dolphins. They gave up twenty one points to the Cowboys. Right? The Chiefs have a good offense. The Cowboys have a good offense. The Dolphins do not have a good offense. You should, be, you should win those games. You know, in, in the NFL, you should win three of those games or two of those games. And, you know, I agree with you. I don't see anything. You know, look, Leonard Williams yesterday, he didn't have to play. He played hard. You know, they, they got guys out there. You know, you know Jaron Williams, he missed one snap, a kid undrafted from Albany, the school I went to. You know, I mean, these guys competed. They competed out there. And they don't they-
0: have enough Leonard Williams, not enough tough guys on that football team. That's the problem. It is the problem. You could argue the Giants are the worst team in pro football. And I don't say that just because they're record. But if you think about next year, right, you can't say Jacksonville because Jacksonville has Trevor Lawrence. They've got $60 million in cap space. You can go to Detroit. Detroit just beat Arizona. We could never beat Arizona. We couldn't. I mean, I'm not saying any, any given Sunday. But the Giants and the Jets have, you know, like a shiny new object in Zach Wilson. The Giants are the worst team in pro football. Like, I know their record, they may have more wins than the next team or whatever. And it's really one side of the ball. That's what's so frustrating. Like, one side of the ball is so bad. To your point, Brandon, the defense has given a spirited winning effort all season long. But they, there's no longer that's sustainable. You cannot sustain that kind of, you know, it's pro football, right? You're going to win some, lose some, the other team gets paid. But this offense, they suck. The entire coaching staff on that side of the ball sucks. They're not good. They need to revamp the, I don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. I'm ranting right now because I love the Giants. But that whole side of the ball needs an explosion.
3: Yeah, and you wonder what they're going to do. You know, you've, you've got money tied up in Galladay. You wonder if Sterling Shepard's, you know, still going to be here after after this year. You wonder, Daniel Jones, who I believe – I believe you could build with I, – I, I may be one of those guys, but I'm, I, I'm a Daniel Jones guy. You know, like I, I still – I still watch him and I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, do, oh don't oh, do do that. But I'm still I'm still team Daniel Jones, you know, and I think we can build off that kid because we've seen him try and put the team on his back in in multiple occasions, you know, so I, I don't know where to go with it. You know, Well, he's cheap
0: but, next year. He's going to be here next year. Eight million bucks. I mean, it's not a big number.
3: Russell Wilson doesn't intrigue. No, you, no, no, no yeah thirty four you know and that's not you know i'm thirty seven so I was, but i just no nah, i don't i don't do do we have the money for it you know I'm still thinking like you said lt the cap space and all it's they've gonna have to we're gonna have to go to like dollar general for first some players next year <laughs> and it's not even a dollar at dollar general anymore it's a dollar I hate that the
2: dollar stores charged
0: like ten dollars for things I'm like what's the point that's where Jake got that ramen noodles hoodie
2: no, he's this is right twenty
0: five dollars by the way twenty five Shall you know, there's passed. not a Victor Cruz UMass shout out UMass. There's not a Victor Cruz sitting on that practice squad, or is there? We don't know. I mean, the Giants have not found any gems lately. Kind of sitting in, you know, undrafted free agency things like that. Guys that step up late round picks, they just haven't had that kind of, you know, the draft picks and the undrafted guys step up when we were when we were around. I mean, they whether that's personnel decisions or not, but. I'm a fan of Daniels. I agree with you there. I think no one in the league has been dealt a worse hand in their career in terms of injuries. Nobody. I want to go back to your days because practice squad for a
2: Super Bowl team is an intriguing story to me. What is your mindset each week when the guys ahead of you, obviously they're great, they ended up winning a Super Bowl, but what is your mindset? Like, Are you waiting for that call on Saturday to potentially get elevated? Are you working as hard every week? guy gets hurt. Do you work harder? Can you kind of take us back to that season and being on the practice squad and and, you know you waiting around your phone for that chance?
3: Every time I stepped on the field, I was like, "Destroy them all!" And that's you know we I got a chance to go up against uh, Sam Madison, Corey Webster, uh, Jabril Wilson, uh, J.B. R.W. McCorders, and it wasn't like destroy them in a disrespectful way. It was show I belong here each week, you know, because when you think about back then, it wasn't the same as a practice roster now. Yeah, Adrian, Adrian Peterson was on the practice squad for the Titans. It was like, you're killing, you're killing me, Smalls. Like, you're killing the name of the practice squad. Like, it's like, oh, everybody's just on the practice squad. Each week, I tried to make myself somewhat valuable to the team, to the organization. So being able to be the go-to guy, I was T.O. three times, I was Donald Driver, Joey Galloway, uh, Randy Moss twice. I got a chance to run their routes against a starting defense each week. And, you know, it was in sh- you know, shells or it was only, you know, the, uh, the hockey pads we used to wear. You still got to come down with that ball, you know. And I just remember, like, Corey Webster being Donald Driver that week. Remember, he, he jumped that pick on, on Driver that Brett Favre threw we had worked that all week, that little post corner, and I bend it flat because of the covers they were in. They ran it in the first quarter. They ran it in the first half. I don't know. I don't think he threw it. And then they ran it in the, the fourth quarter, and he jumped it, and he picked it. So when I'm watching these games, I'm like, oh, I ran, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they came back, they invited me to DB night. Like, they went out to dinner and all went out to, like, a Broadway show, did something. They invited me to DB, DB night because, like, B-London each week, you came and you would get us ready. You never took a playoff, you know. So there was a time like the Buffalo game, Sonoris Moss, his his uh hammy was uh was 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 it didn't look like he was gonna go. So they were getting me ready. I took one reps that week and I remember um you know I'm I'm waiting, you know, th- they said it was gonna be that Saturday before we left out. So I went and got a brand new suit. I went, I was clean, baby showed up that Saturday and uh Coach Coughlin was like, uh Sonora's hamstring passed the test. We're gonna bring him. You're you're staying back. And I was just like, Damn, man. Like Damn, do I have the receipt for that suit, man? Damn, oh <laughs> man. So but you know, it was it's one of those things where you had to be ready each week. You gotta be ready because you know when preparation meets opportunity, especially in a in a city like New York, one catch, you're a star around here. You wear it's the true. ring in the in the streets of New York? Absolutely not, man. I've lost that thing twice already. What? Yeah, man. My car got broken into. I used to live in Passaic. I got I got released by the Steelers, and I drove back, and I was staying in Passaic for like a a month or two before I went back. Before I went up to Canada, they broke into it and stole my freaking. Remember those old GPSs we used to have that stick to the thing? The ring was in one of my bags. Oh, no. So I was like, ah, yeah. And then I lost it uh like at a party or wait, something. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Go back. How, how did you how did you find a ring?
3: Yeah, how'd you recover it after the Garmin? Ring? Oh, no, no, no. That I almost lost it on that one. I lost it at a party, but my friend, my I had gave it to my friend to hold on to, but it was one of those uh Wild B London nights. So I like completely forgot about it. And like for like two weeks, I was like, Man, where's my ring? And I hit one of my boys up and he was like, Bro, I've, I had your ring been in my safe, he gave it to me because you were drunk as.
0: That sounds like an event, the Wild Bee London. Night. I need a Wild Bee London night. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Wild Bee London's. Many, many moons ago. Many moons ago. I'm domesticated now.
2: Well, we'll bring him back in 2022. You can follow Brandon London on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon London TV. Catch him on MSG, catch him with the post game and all he's doing there. And I'm sure maybe you'll have something coming in 2022. We'll stay tuned to see what you're up to, B. London. We appreciate you coming on Blue Rush.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. And I like that tease. 2022 is going to be a good year for sure. I don't be
1: mad.
2: All righty, Lawrence. You want to close out
3: the
0: Christmas week edition of Blue Rush? I do, Jake. Thanks. Lovely, lovely ramen noodles hoodie you've worn today on the show. That says cheerio to episode 94 of the Matthias Kiwanuka edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Sarah McCrory, and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. What is your favorite flavor of ramen noodles? I know you had some ramen noodles back in the day, Lawrence. I really like the beef flavor like a Scottish Angus beef. You know, I don't know if they make that flavor. Jake Fromm had a lovely game yesterday. Get Blue Russia Wii 5-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Here we go, folks. Hold on tight. 19 names coming for Paul Schwartz, Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz. I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes, where we return on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup with the Bloody Eagles. Thanks for listening, you filthy animals. Enjoy your Pepsi.
2: I'm not wrong. wrong. You're wrong, Wrong. Paul. I'm right.